Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of the It's Not Orange podcast and today we'll be previewing Fleetwood's biggest game of the season as Blackpool travels to Highbury looking to make amends for a frustrating loss to Peter at Bloomfield Road. We'll give our thoughts on that loss and how we'd like to set up versus Fleetwood after speaking to our guest. That guest of course is Nappers. Ben, how are you doing mate? I'm very well Tom, thank you for, for having me on. I'm looking forward to speaking about the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and today is a cause for celebration because we have a debut on the pod. Um, so we'd like to say welcome to Jan. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome, mate. And uh, returning with his tails between his legs a little bit um, is, of course, Hoggy, who was very confident of a victory last time out, but it wasn't meant to be due to probably a team selection we all didn't want. But how you doing, buddy? Um, I'm still very frustrated, Tom, if I'm being honest. Very frustrated. Well, okay. Well, at least you've got a smile on your face uh, for those that are listening. Dan is, of course, smiling. Um, but we want to get straight into the Fleetwood uh, preview um, because it's a big game for Fleetwood tomorrow, Ben. Um, it was nearly back-to-back wins for Fleetwood um, at the weekend, but it wasn't meant to be with a late equaliser for Barnsley. Nonetheless, a very good point away from home it means four points from your last two. Um, just talk to us about how your season's gone so far because it's been fairly turbulent in terms of getting a new manager so early on. Yeah, it was an awful start, a point from six games. And in every game we were in them, you know, we, we weren't getting beat threes and fours. And that was the thing on the Scott Brown. We were losing regularly. You lose by one, you know, you make a mistake, you get punished, can't get back into the game. And then Lee Johnson obviously came in after the Charlton, you know, away defeat, um, international break. And then, you know, new hype around the football club, you're going to get beat 3-0 at home against Oxford. So all that hype kind of went. And then, you know, since then, we've got, I think it's um, 11 points in the last eight games now um, under Lee Johnson. So he's improved a bit. We're we're back playing with a smile on our faces and uh, the players seem to be responding and they're getting fitter week by week. We've got players coming back from injury. Obviously, this game is a rearranged game and I kind of think on fleet was perspective they pushed this game back as long as we could to get those players back fit now we have you seen the fruits of the of results coming back when you say hype around the new manager what was your first instinct so when you hired Johnson fairly you know big journeyman at the EFL level brought some success obviously had some really good spells um with some clubs along the way but how did you feel did you think it was a good pedigree of, of signing or did you didn't you think it get much better considering sort of where you are in the league yeah, um, I, again, I, I obviously I wanted Carl Robinson. I know obviously you boys probably don't have great memories with Carl Robinson. Obviously the Brannigan situation, playoffs, everything you said about Blackpool you know, in, in the past, but he was my number one target. He was the club's number one target. And Lee Johnson was, you know, just shortly after that. And when he was on the list, I was kind of thinking, yeah, obviously you, you hear him talk. But again, sometimes I kind of think you need to forget about, you know, who's going to be appointed. You need to let them talk and then, you know, let let let. Basically, we need to hear what they said to the owners, the the directors, to be to be on the to, to be the manager. So again, as soon as he spoke, I thought, you know, this could be a good appointment here. And again, he's got me believing in in Fleetwood Town Football Club again. He's got me believing that we can stay up quite comfortably. He's got me believing that we can win football matches again, which I didn't believe under Scott Brown for a long period. So again, that hype uh, has come back. Obviously, you lose your first your first game under him three 0 It's not his fault. It was just kind of. Oh, is it is is this more than the manager? So uh, no, See, the last eight games have been much better. We must carry that on now, and uh, the next target is getting out the bottom four. That's staying in League One is is vital for this football club at this moment in time. 
Yeah, we'll come on to what Johnson has instilled into the side versus what Scott Brown had at, in a few moments. But talk a little bit about your home form this season because, um, and we'll come on to chance creation a bit later on as well, but one win from six at home, five losses and a fair amount of goals conceded. Battling performances on the way, um, watched a fair amount of your extended highlights and you're there or thereabouts, but just lack that quality um, away from home. You seem to be a bit more stubborn. So talk to us a little bit about your home form and Blackpool fans would like to hear you're poor at home, but you're starting to build a bit of momentum now as well. Yeah, I hate the f- I hate the saying, you know, key moments in games, but it's exactly that. You know, every game, you know, Cambridge, we could see, uh, you know, a, a goal quite early, can't get back into the game. They go and score a corner. You know, Shrewsbury, we make a mistake, a player slips from having the wrong moulds in his boots. They go and score. A minute late, we have a player sent off. We've had a lot of players, sent, I think we've five players sent off, which is the second most in the division behind Oxford on six. Um, so, again, that's been, been a factor, especially at home. And, Again, conceding early goals, and as soon as we concede one, we normally concede just shortly after that. And two nil against any side that you've got a mountain to climb, and you've got to go at it. They can hit you on the counter, and that's why we've got beat for three against Oxford, four against Wickham. So, no, it's been a difficult start at home, and you know something's got to give. And if you can't play play in front of your home crowd, then you know when can you play? That's what I see it as. And um, we need we, if we're going to start this season. Getting wins on the board at home is crucial for any football club. And we've been so easy to play against. And we just need to go back to the basis of this is our house. You play by our rules. And unfortunately, they've been coming into our house, stealing, stealing our furniture. And we, we've been allowing that. Have you been playing that poorly at home? Or is it literally a case of 55, six, you know, 45 games and 60, 40 games and you just lack that bit of quality? Or is it, has, is it just been weirdly that poor at home? I think... In, I'd say five of the four of the six, we've played poorly. The Oxford game, we were poor. Uh, we were good for 20, 25 minutes. You, you get the goal, heads go down. Wickham, we were poor. Shrewsbury and Cambridge, very poor. The Leighton Orient one, which we won, was a 50 50 game that we won. Uh, the Leighton Orient was a 50 50 ga- uh, game that it was an offside goal, but again, they sat back after that and we, it, the, we didn't really create anything. It was kind of a two poorish sides in a way. So it's kind of been a mixture of everything, Tom. Um, away from home is a totally different matter. Uh, but at home, I can't really remember a half an hour period where I thought we've got them by, you know, we've got them on the throttle here and we're going to, you know, really cause some, you know, cause, you know, Havoc has score three or four here. Yeah. Um, we talk a little bit about the manager as we alluded to earlier. Took over on the 10th of September, as you said. Um, what, has he brought in? What has he instilled into this side? Just give us a couple of minutes. I know you spoke a bit about him previously, but he's obviously a completely different manager to Scott Brown. So has the fleet fans taken to him nicely or are they still sort of juries hung on him? I think so as well. And he's very open, which I like. Um, at a fans forum, I couldn't go, unfortunately, over, you know, other commitments. But it was basically said that obviously he comes over to the fans. It's the first thing he does. And remember, he had a six-game ban at Sunderland, which he served two games of, and he had to serve four with Fleetwood. And the assistant manager, Darren Way, came right over to the fans after every game to clap and got all the teams coming to hurdle, and it went. The fans kind of thought it was weird because we'd been used to, literally, Scott Brown coming to the halfway line, clapping twice, walking off, and none of the players clapping us. And there isn't many of us that, you know, I know that that'll, that'll be said, but for me, you always clap, you know, you support, no matter if there's one or a thousand there. Um, so... 
He's brought that kind of togetherness back, the belief back. We brought the players back towards the fans again. And also, he's got the players believing in themselves. We are a good team. You know, we, we can do this. You know, we can be what we want to be. We can get out of the bottom four. And again, he does speak well. There is a lot of, you know, abbreviations and, you know, how Lee Johnson speaks, mannerisms. You, you, you're going to get that. But again, he's got the side playing football. He's got them fit. He's got them pressing. He's got scoring goals again. And went to Barnes and got a point. And we conceded in the 88th minute. And I keep forgetting that. I keep I keep remembering we went away at Barnes and Reading in the space of a week and got four points. Some good building blocks. So you know, that's a third of our points already this season. So he brought belief. He's brought character. And he's brought smiles back to players' faces, which is which is hugely important, and got the best out of our flair players, the likes of Junior, likes of Josh Hill at the back, brought Brendan back into the fold as well. So, belief, character, and, you know, togetherness, which, you know, small clubs, we, we are a small club, we should not be anywhere near League One for the size of our club, and he's got us believing we we have the right to be here. Yeah, and, and, as you've, as you've said already, you've got 11 points in the last 10 games, but they have come quite more recently. Uh, against Reading, you had like 16, 17 shots, weren't it? And it was a tidy finish in the last minute I saw on your vlog. Um, ecstasy, obviously, uh, away from home in the last minute. And like you say, you're, you're about five minutes away from from beating Barnsley. They had about 27 shots. I know you helped, you know, you, you were fairly resolute, which you probably want from your home form a little bit more, but... Like you say, it's a foundation to build from going into tomorrow. And Blackpool have been fairly inconsistent. Sixteen from our last ten, you're you're eleven. So I, I appreciate it. it's you know it's a couple of draws and a win better, but not too dissimilar in current form. No, absolutely. And um, again, Blackpool will finish the Buffalo at the end of the season. I kind of you know you, you write that one off, but you know and different expectations as well, and you know different you know types of players as well. But again, Fleetwood Town could do with a, a sixteen point haul from ten games just to lift us out of that bottom four. Um, and I, I said actually, as soon as Fleetwood get out of the bottom four, we'll we'll stay out of it. But we got out of it away at Cheltenham, and then Carlisle scored in the last minute after we just got out of it to put us back in it again. So. That went well for the time being, but um, no, it, it has been better. A draw away at Barnes is a huge result. Beating Reading, beat you know these next few games. I said, I think I said a few weeks ago when we played Lincoln, how tough these next few games were. Lincoln at home are a good side. You know, we had uh, Reading, we had uh, Barnsley, obviously we have uh, Blackpool, and again, I think after you, we've got Bristol Rovers coming up, Exeter. So these are tough games as well. So every game in League One is going to be very, very tough, but. Getting points on the board, like you say, 11 points. It's not great from 10, but 11 points from 8 sounds a lot better. Um, you know, all it is is a win and a draw again, and all of a sudden you're out of it again. And it's, it's these three games weeks, isn't it? You've seen it where we've gone and got four points from two. It can really, really change seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about your chance creation because when often, not just Fleetwood, you see teams in the bottom four, you often think a load of rubbish, you know, easy to beat, and so on and so forth. But we know at any level of football, whether it be the Premier League or down to, to non-league, there's no real easy game depending on, you know, which team turns up. You've created 22 big chances this season. And I hate to say it, but you've missed 21 of them, averaging just under a goal a game. So I've said it already, you've been within games, haven't you? Um, so what has been that difference this season up front? Because you know, creating 22 big chances in, what is it, 12, 13 games is actually fairly decent, nearly two a game, isn't it? So that wins you games most of the time. So must have been some frustration, but also some hope there that you're not completely inept, um, you know, whilst being in the bottom four. 
I always believe if you're creating chances over the long term, you do get your rewards. I, I honestly believe that. I think over 46 games, if you create chances and you, you tighten up at the back. I've always said, if you can be strong defensively and concede under 50 goals a season, I know it's that, that's a wipeout pretty much now. But if you can you know, be tight at the back, which we were last season, I think we only conceded 51 last season, which you know we conceded 80-odd the season before. That's been the main weakness. That has been the, the, the key weakness. It wasn't the fact last season we were scoring goal after goal because we were low goal scorers. I think we scored 53, 54 goals last season. Um, and this season, again, it's been similar similar numbers. Um, but defensively is the issue. But creating chances, we are. We've got good players in the team. Jack Marriott, Jaden Stockley, Junior Katerna, um, you know, Vela is experienced as well. We've got great attacking players. And he's just getting the ball into the back of the net. At Reading, it should have been 8 4. It was that type of game. And I know Porter played Reading the other day and my mate was saying the exact same thing. And sometimes we get kind of disillusioned in games and we don't know what to do. And we need the senior players to to step up like the Vellas, like your Marriott's, like your Stockley's um, in those types of games. So again, creating chances is good, but you've got to put them away. If you're playing, you know, away at Bolton, we had six six big chances. You don't, you know, Bolton go and score three after every one of them, you're out of the game. If we did that again tomorrow, Blackpool pickles off, score two two goals again at home, you go and lose two, three, four at home again. So that has literally been the story of the season. We create chances, don't take them. We we could see one, they take it. And it's it, I hate using the word luck because I don't really agree over 46 games, but it's a look you don't get when you're at the bottom of the table. If Fleetwood were top of the table, it wouldn't happen because you are the fact finally get, get that find a little bit of luck over over, over some games as well. Yeah, you've you've said it already. Um, up up front, there is fair, you know, I say issues, but it, it might click under under Johnson. You know, you might find those sixteen points from those next ten games, like you've said already. Why defensively are you so poor? Then you've conceded. You said concede under fifty five. Conceded twenty two already. I appreciate that wasn't under Johnson's tenure, but at the same time, he's been in charge just over a month and a half now. Why defensively is it so poor? Is it quality at the back or is it just the quality you face, so to speak? Because like you say, your Boltons of the world, your Oxfords of the world, they just they use class on their day and when they get a chance, they tend not to miss. It's, it's a few things. Injuries have actually killed us this season. Brendan Wiradu, we've not lost with him in the team. He played away at Carlisle, scored our opening goal, came off about 70 minutes in, got injured and came back for Reading and should never play 90 minutes, but injuries again. On that day, we have to swift around and Brendan Wirradu ends up playing 90. And again, at Reading, he does, away at Barnes, sorry, he does play 60 in the end because injuries allowed us. But Rooney, our mainstay right back, was one of the players of the season last year, top three, certainly, and scored a lot of goals, a fiery character, to say the least. You know, a lot of opposition fans, he wasn't on the Christmas card list to see, to, 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 you know, let's, let's be honest. Um, again, no real left back. Again, Adam Montgomery came in from Celtic, got injured after one pre-season game and we've had to play. Kian there. he's just been on loan at Rochdale and he's a winger. So I think that says everything you need to know. Um Again, we switch from a back three to a back four to a back five so many times this season. It kind of feels like, you know, the defence doesn't know where it's at. I, I, obviously, a name that you'll know, Ben Hennigan, since coming into the side, he has looked unbelievable. He's at seven out of ten every week, puts his body in the line. He made an awesome block away at Reading in the last minute to, to get us um, the three points. The only thing he's done is he got sent off in one game. He had to do it to take the wicked man down. He had to take one for the team and gave away a penalty away at Burton. So, again, if we can keep players fit, get them up and running, get five, ten games in them, what Fleetwood need is 
three or four weeks out of game, get everyone fit again, get some work on the training ground. You're not allowed that luxury in the season, are you? Let's be honest. So, um, injuries has been the mainstay, I would say, Tom. Fair enough. Um, well, you, hopefully after Wednesday, you can start to build on a little momentum with, with, with players coming back. But you've, you've mentioned a lot of players um, during this podcast, but I want to focus a little bit on your key players, the ones you feel have been the most important this season, although you've kind of said a couple already. Um, <clears throat> and in, in, entwined with that, it was an injury update yesterday for, from the boss with one of your with your top goal scorers at Quintara, isn't it? Yes. Um, potentially being out obviously is is I don't know how close he is to being out or if he's just playing my games with, with Sunil Critchley or not so um talk to us about your key players and if there is a genuine injury update sort of for, for Gintara because I, I for one would love him to be not playing tomorrow well B- Boston went off against uh Reading and I remember Lee Johnson saying oh he's very tight he's struggling to move when I was like well you're telling a few fibs there because when we scored in the last minute I saw him sprint from the eight from the halfway line to the corner flag so you never know but he did go off with with with, with a bit of a he was walking very very toughly you know it, it, there was a pull there on his hamstring so I would imagine junior is out unfortunately um Again, but we we've got we have got some good players in that team. Marriott, I think y- you all know about. You know, he scored goals at League One level before. Jaden Stockley is obviously a big presence. Obviously, obviously with his Preston connections, Josh Hill again he, he is a big player for us in the centre of defence. We would do as well, but I do think uh, Junior will be out. Unfortunately, I think he'll be one. Maybe him and Rooney are the only knocks. It's it. He basically said, I'm, you know, I'm Robin Peter to pay Paul at the moment because. Again, these players are playing, but they're not fully fit, so they're going to have to come off after 60, 65 minutes. And if they do play 65 minutes, are they ready to go four days later? And it's interesting, if we play today, it'd probably be a totally different team as it is tomorrow because that one-day extra could be huge for them. So um, I'd say probably the, the biggest key player that I would is Josh Earl and Jack Marriott because he's very good left footer, very good defensively, and Marriott is a goal scorer at, at the end of the day. And he hasn't been prolific this season. I think he scored three and three just a couple of weeks ago. We need to get him back to those levels of, you know, towards the back end of last season where he scored. I think he, he was eight in his last eight. Yeah, absolutely. And Jan, you've got a question for Ben because my next point was where can we sort of hurt each other? So Jan's got a question for you. Yeah. So Ben, do you think that you um, have anything to offer to like break us down or do you think you'll be setting up to frustrate us and possibly Nick uh, 1-0 um, yeah, great question. And I said away at Barnsley, as soon as we scored, we're going to have to score. I said we're going to have to score three goals if we're going to win here. It wasn't. It, if we score early, we're not. We cannot sit behind that. And if we do, it'd be criminal. It really would. And we would deserve to be picked off. We can't sit behind the ball and let Blackpool play. You know, when, with the influence of players that you've got, you've got you know your Jordan Rose up there who's doing really well as well. And you know, your midfield, obviously. You know, you've chopped and changed as well, but you know, you see your Hamiltons, he's quick, he's lively, and um, you, you kind of played it, play a similar way of what we did under Scott Brown. I kind of think we have to go for it. We're at home, you know, it's a game against a side geographically next to us on the map, um, and we, you know, we, we've got to go for it all in. Um, I don't think sitting in is an option, um, especially when you're at home, and if you're moaning about home form and you're moaning about, you know, there isn't a bit of a, a liveliness there, there isn't enough. Aggression from the players sitting in wouldn't be an option at home, Jan. Do you, do you think you have players that can hurt us? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, in a roundabout way. I think that we've proven that in previous weeks. We have, you know, Junior being out is is a big miss. It, it really is. And, you know, Marriott, again, but he needs someone to feed him the ball. We need to get balls into the box. We need to, you know, make sure that we're, we, we are testing you. We need to make sure that, you know, we, we are getting shots on goal because, you know, Blackpool, you know, as much as I, I've been impressed with them in, in small periods this season, you know, they, they, they can be got at. And, you know, we can prove that. Link can prove that. Peter can prove that. Um, and as soon as Blackpool seem to have turned, they've kind of been put, you know, brought back down to reality. So I think if Fleetwood do go for it and you know play the way they want to, they can definitely you know get out Blackpool. Do I think we'll win the game? I'm not quite sure, but you know, I think we th- th- there could be a few weaknesses that Fleetwood could exploit. And turn the tables around. Where, where can we hurt you? I appreciate you've conceded a lot of goals and you've talked about injuries, but where do you generally look quite susceptible? Because you do still concede. A fair amount of chances, like you said, against Reading. I think you had like 17 and 16 shots each respectively, and it could have been seven or eight, four. I know you dominated the game predominantly, but you still conceded those chances. So talk to me, talk to us a little bit about where we can hurt you. Our wing backs uh, or, or, or full backs as, as we're playing now with the back four. Rooney, as much as he's great, he's 60 minutes, 65 minutes in him at the minute. He's literally just come back from a from an injury. He literally got it playing golf. And that that is what we've got to put up with this season. It's like whenever they're not training, they're getting injured. And it's it, it's just it was turning out to be one of these disastrous seasons where whatever was going wrong could go wrong. Montgomery again played 45 minutes against Lincoln. Um and again has struggled for minutes since he came on away at Barnsley. Um so I'd, I'd probably say down those areas we're not quite fully fit as though although the good players and maybe in six games time it'd be a totally different answer but I'd probably say again Barnes have got a lot of crosses into the box of the day the way they play similar way to yourselves with you know kind of wingers full backs you know uh, three back um, a lot of crossing into the box I'd probably say literally down the size get cross into the box for you know for Jordan Rhodes who, who hasn't done much recently has he uh, Hoggy I'll bring you in um Peterborough said that um, Dan with his big fishing rod of of, of um, reeling us in to say they were poor. Um, we thought we'd we'd hurt them down those sides. Um, CJ specifically, um, maybe time for Lions, although I don't think he'll come in. Do you, do you feel it's again time for Rhodes and Kowasi to play against each other if that's if that's going to be sort of their weakness? Um, I, I, don't, I was half thinking to myself then trying to put my. Um, critically head on. If Napa's is saying their right back's going to be knackered after an hour, or maybe, maybe because CJ wasn't that impactful on Saturday, really. Maybe CJ starts on the bench. Maybe he brings it brings in Dale to keep it tight, create a few chances here and there, and we look to expose them in the last half an hour. And CJ can can have free reign potentially if if Rooney's going to be going to be tired. Um, up top, I I do I think if we're going to be giving away chances, I'd like to. I'd, I think I prefer to see Lavery after, certainly after Saturday. I think Kwasi missed two that he's got to be at least hitting the target within the first half. Um, and yeah, Rhodes um, didn't have his brightest game on Saturday, if I'm being honest, Nappers. Um, but hopefully he's kept plenty in the bank for uh, for Wednesday night. Yeah, um, Ben, I was just going to say, and Jan's kind of um, and brought it in in the chat as well, d- do you, do you feel you'll be most weakest against someone like Kwasi? I know he's, he's vulnerable and he's going to miss those chances, as, as Hoggy said. In terms of you know, he doesn't he doesn't always know how to experience these games. He come from Sutton and he scored a, a couple of goals. He's already come to us and scored hat trick in the EFL Cup and, and a couple in the league. So, talk to us about what you think feel you'll be most weakest if we played like a, a nippy striker like 
Lavery with Rhodes or or a bigger striker with Kawasi with Rhodes? Yeah, I think Lavery and Rose would be a, a good good partnership for you. I'm a big fan of of Shane Lavery. Obviously, he's not really got obviously the goals to you know merit his performances um, recently as well. Obviously, I know he scored a couple against Burton, didn't he? I know he got a goal a couple of weeks ago as well. And I like players like Shane Lavery who can explore pockets as well and get in behind you know a team and you know hurt you. And especially when you've got Jordan Rose, it's kind of a bit like a little man, big man. And you know he's a bit like an Alfie May, and you don't know kind of where he's going to be, and he's so lively on his toes, and you know Rose can do the you know the holding up, you know bring others into play, get into the box, and Larry can you know live off scraps at times, and can kind of be a you know can get kicked around for 60, 65 minutes. And Jordan Rose gets gets the glory at times because you know Jordan Rose is you know an excellent striker at this level, and obviously not really hit the championship. So now those two are a very good front two, and I agree with you know Hoggy's point about CJ Hamilton that again. I kind of sometimes feel like he's playing way too deep for Blackpool and get getting further forwards, attacking fullbacks, and he can be an absolute nightmare just for his pace and skill alone. And um, again, I I think the subs could win it, you know, on uh, on Wednesday night. I think yeah, judging by possession, you average about fifty one percent a game, um, which isn't the worst in the league. Obviously, isn't the best. There's some teams obviously play exceptional football like your Oxfords and Portsmouths, but. We are more effective on the counter-attack, so I, I would say I don't know who's going to keep the ball the most, and that's where like we've predicted potentially like a nil-nil or draw could come into play because both teams are going to be unsure whether to attack. I certainly feel like with your vulnerabilities at the back, we should flex our muscles a little bit with the quality we've got. Um, and if you and you you know if you keep us at bay and you break us down, then fair enough, that's a game of football. But I wouldn't like to say go there and let you keep the ball and dictate play because that's that's not the way that Critchley should be playing against, with all due respect to lower league opposition. But it, it poses uh, probably a difficult one to predict, as you've said already. Although although you're in the bottom four, we've we've sometimes struggled against teams that that, that don't come at us as well. So uh, I don't know how you feel. Sort of the game is going to ebb and flow, and it, it probably depends on 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 injuries. But have you got any questions for us in terms of how you you know how you think we'll line up, or you know or you know about our season? Yeah, uh, again, it's been up and down. Obviously, Neil Critchley's come back, and I kind of feel like sometimes he's tried too hard maybe to win back the fan base. Now, obviously, the fist pump was back out. I thought, oh, and you saw Nathan Jones. It took him a long while, didn't it, to get the Luton fans back on back on south. What's been the thought? Because it feels very mixed when, obviously, you have a nosy, you know, as you always do before you're playing against a team. What's the kind of the, the feeling in the camp over Neil Critchley's return? Because I always felt Neil Critchley was a very good coach and he sometimes needed an experienced figure next to him. I thought Calderwood, obviously, I think he's just gone to Southampton this week and um, the call did very well with him. Obviously, not brought a, a real experienced name with him. Um, what's your thoughts on him this time around? Well, I'll go to I'll go to Jan first. Uh, being our being, being his debut, I'll let him I'll let him start off with his thoughts on Neil Critchley. So I, I love Critch. I was buzzing when he came back. I do think he needs an experienced head alongside him. I think he can overthink his tactics sometimes. He. He likes to talk about certain players not being ready to play 90 minutes, but then he doesn't give them the opportunity to get anywhere near that. Um, And our fan base is a fan base that's divided by the silliest things. So it's always going to be divided when somebody comes back and it has been divided with Critch. I think it is a great appointment and I do think we will improve under him. I do think he'll get us back to the championship. 
but I do think we need uh, a hard man next to him. I think that's what he needs. Someone who will shout at the players, someone that will tell Critch if he thinks Critch is making the wrong decision. Um, and But I do think it will work. And I do think in this time Critch is with us, I do think we'll get back to the championship and establish ourselves there. Dan, do you subscribe to that idea as well, or do you, do you have difference of opinion? No, I, I do subscribe to it, and I think that um, assistant manager really is key to, like you say, give give Critch a shake at times and say, look, just stop being so clever or trying to be clever, because it's bitten us fat on the backside twice now in terms of Derby and, and Peter on Saturday. Um, I like Napa's point before when you talked about Flea would be our house, our rules, we dictate that we play the game the way we want to. I know Critchley has mentioned it, but I feel at times he's just overcomplicating it with, with players playing square pegs and round holes, and we really don't need to at this level. Um, and that's where the, the major frustration comes from. You know, you, we talked before about players, but Jan mentioned players not being 90, minute, 90 minutes ready. Well, we've got points from games in, in 20 minutes against Oxford by turning it on its head, and for, we've won a game in 45 minutes against Cheltenham. So there's an argument to say that players don't need to be um, you know, fully 90 minutes ready at at this level um, it is going to be frustrating we said last week there's going to be lots of chops and changes along the way and as for the lineup coming into tomorrow night I know we're going to discuss it later but I, we, we could well see Richard O'Donnell at left wing with <laughs> Callum Conley playing up top or something we just don't know anymore yeah um, I'll give my two pence worth I think I'm I I wish Critchley, I think we kind of all agree on the same sentiments. I wish Critchley would just get hold of himself and his team and just say, go and rip them apart, go and be the team that we know we can be. And I know as Blackpool fans, we want to see this Holloway-esque football where we tick attacker and we score goals and we don't care if we can see because we'll go and score another one. I I appreciate the the organisation at the back and the nil-nils and being hard to break down, but I think that's become really mute really to be honest with you because when we play teams like Derby it took a defensive error and they've scored three goals I mean two two or three errors they've scored and we're not really that resolute when teams are coming at us and we're fairly solid a bit like Barnsley you probably you would have seen it on Saturday Nappers where they're probably hammering the ball into the box and you're just resolute and you can get the odd sort of win but it doesn't work over a period of time and if, if we lined up in which we'll come on to next against Peterborough in the way we probably wanted to um a la Cheltenham where you know we could really flex our muscles and probably have five goals in the first half an hour then we would have beat Peterborough um, I have no doubt about it but we didn't do that and he didn't do that and it's just trying to be Mr Cleverclogs and to be honest with you it really, it really annoys me because if you take Port Vale's manager or any other manager that's come to Bloomfield Road they've gone we're going to play how we want to play and Port Vale should have beat us Leighton Orange should have beat us George Moncur hit an eight yard shot over the bar in the 90th minute after some good work down the wing where we're really exposed so we are vulnerable. Um, we're not as resolute as, as score lines would would suggest. Um, and when we control the ball, we're quite poor. When we don't control the ball and we, we can do what we want on the counter-attack, like against Stevenage, like against Wigan, like against Reading, we score three, four goals and we look really, really good. And I don't care if we're playing on the counter-attack. We're kind of in control by being on the counter-attack and knowing when to bite. It's when we've got the ball, Critchley's pretty much a, a mid-table manager um, and maybe in the bottom half because... He's not as clinical as I want him to be. And 
would would another man do a better job with better tools? I don't with the, with the same tools. I don't know. I'm not that heartfelt towards Critchley as as much as I was, even though I do like him. Um, I, I I do think sometimes with Critchley when he comes out in his interviews, he talks about players passing we have to go back to go forward I do get that but I do feel on midfield when we receive the ball they're not quick enough to make a decision so then they they go back there's clearly sat in the stands you can see CJ's made a belting run and nobody's willing to find him they'd just rather go back to husband who'll give it to Casey Casey will go back to Grimmy Grimmy will give it back to Casey and that's that it even though that is how football is played, if you watch City, they play it like that. But as soon as a pass is on, they will they will find that pass. They they know what they're doing. Whereas when we've got Sonny and Kenny in the middle, they they don't have the ability to find them killer passes. Like when was the last time we were one on one with the goalkeeper from a through ball? I can't remember it because we've not got the ball. More come away in the friendly when Lavery chipped it over him. That's probably about <laughs> exactly. it, mate. Exactly. But, but, my, my, but we, he started talking the talk and when he came back, I, I put out a heartfelt apology to him because I called him every name under the sun for, for breaking our hearts like that. And that was more out of passion because we loved him. And he said as much. I don't care that he left anymore. You know, he would have got paid quadruple the amount and... I get it. It's maybe a stupid decision on his path, and it didn't go well for him. But you live, you live as humans by mistakes, and we've all made them. My, my point is now he talks the talk, but he does not walk the walk. And we should be in the top two. We should be. Uh, Portsmouth have found it hard in many games this season. As you know, you do a League One review show for Christ's sake. You know Portsmouth. They drew against um, Cheltenham. Is it no? Is it Cheltenham? Yeah, yeah Cheltenham, Cheltenham and. Cambridge and there's been times like the weekend when they were 2-0 down against Reading we would have probably lost that game but they're just ruthless on the attack Colby Bishop you know one chance bang another chance bang another chance bang they're 3-2 up they've won the game you know they see it sorry I think he overthinks um, sorry to interrupt there I think think he overthinks it sometimes because obviously he he has left and he, will, he doesn't want to come back and be a failure because obviously it's worked before. Obviously, he, he's had experience there before. That Not someone holding his hand, someone just guiding him and going, do this, do this, do this. Like you've said, you know, a, a real figure, you know, someone that can get into the players and you know, give Critch that reassurance. I kind of feel like he doesn't want to let the supporters down. And if he does come back, he'll, he won't be remembered for what he's done before. He'll be, he'll be remembered for leaving and be remembered for coming back and he didn't really do much. So I kind of think sometimes it, he, there's a lot of pressure on him this time time around there but when he first came and it was exciting and every win you got was was unbelievable and now because he set those standards from you know two three four years ago it's hard to kind of go again because you know it's a bit like Bolton winning at Charlton it seemed as normal for how good Bolton have been in the last 18 months and again it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out to be fair Tom yeah I mean we set outside the playoffs I put it bluntly we set outside the playoffs and we've been pretty poor this season yeah and that that's shows you the quality of League One. I've said we're on episode what twenty two now twenty three. I said episode one, two, three, four. League One is going to be a difficult league because everybody is the same standard, but teams will go through purple patches and, and look really good. Stevenage are fourth, you know, Blackpool are seventh, you know, Portsmouth are unbeaten are at the top, but they'll go for a sticky patch. So it's about finding that consistency. And we've been consistent, but there's been way too many draws in them. We've looked so poor. When we've when we've been vulnerable, and we've been really poor. And Derby at home, although I don't think Derby a good side at all under Paul Warren, I think they're, they're nowhere near their levels. They made us look really silly at points because Connie was made of poppadoms for about ten seconds over two periods, and and let their 
um, let the winger drift past him and they tapped it in. Cheltenham scored two pathetic goals against us because we were just standing still. One was very much offside, but Grimmy doesn't really make an attempt to save the first one. And the second one, they have the ball for about 45 minutes and then just tap it in at the back post with no real urgency from us. So we've looked poor at times, but at the same time, we've we've looked decent in spells like against Oxford away and we sit outside the playoffs. But if we don't get a grip of this season, we'll, we'll, we'll be very much in temp and just having some good spells and having some frustrating spells. But it leads us, segues nicely into um, our next um, subject, which is a lineup against Peterborough Hoggy. Uh, we predicted something completely different to, to, to what this was and I was really excited to play Peterborough um, an attacking side who I was very excited by despite our previous guest feeling like they were bottom of the table they made it sound like they were very poor but they were very much the polar opposite um, if he was an actor he did a very good job and if not he's just a very pessimistic fan that probably didn't cheer when they scored um, but we started with Grimshaw and goal and, and the back three of husband Casey and Pennington um, Thompson uh, at wing back deservedly so and obviously the, the staple of, of CJ um, um, Kerry, Oakley Booth and Dougal in the middle, no sign of Norban, which broke my heart. Um, but um, Kerry and Dougal, you probably weren't surprised by, but the addition of Oakley Booth was a bit frustrating against an attacking side. And then you have Rhodes and Kwasi, which I didn't mind one bit. How did you feel when you first saw the lineup? Um, you texted me immediately at 2.01 saying Kringo once again. Yeah, when Kringo goes wrong, this was the perfect case of it. Um Back three, as expected. Kuasi straight swap for Lavery. Fair enough, no issues. Um, again, we said we would have gone different with Lavery to press, but fine, like for like swap makes sense. I was probably a little bit surprised to see Thompson hold his place, um, but could think of it maybe in terms of a defensive cover against a potentially attacking Peterborough side. Uh, I didn't. I thought it was okay against Cheltenham, but you know, again, going back. To, to to what Ben was saying before, our house, our rules. Let's let's go out and attack them our way. I don't think Dom Thompson is our most attacking and influential wing back by any stretch of imagination. Um, Kenny Dougal, if you are listening to this, thank you so much for playing forty five minutes against Peterborough on your own in the first half, um, because Carey and Oakley Booth were absolutely anonymous in the first half. Um, and I must stress the first half because I'm actually going to go. Going to praise Carey within the second half performance. Um, bringing Critchley in again, I, I'm just getting bored of saying the same thing in terms of being frustrated at watching um, our potential attacking midfielder, be it Carey, be it um, Morgan when he comes in. Everyone other than Dembele so far has just not appeared to understand what their role actually is. And it just causes the remainder of the midfield so many problems. We are absolutely all over the place. Mm-hmm. We're completely out of sync. And the first goal for Peterborough summed up nicely. They made four simple passes along the deck and cut us into absolute pieces. The front three didn't close down. Kerry didn't know if it was going left or right. Hamilton's tried to come in. Um, but again, when the lineup was announced, these are the problems that we can see because we've seen it over the recent weeks. And again, with a lineup that we've got to make now for, for tomorrow night's game, I really don't know what he's, he's going to do knowing that we have to bring in and make a defensive change. He, he could go to a four. He might just bring, um, he might just bring Marvin back in as a back three. But again, we've seen problems with that all pre-season. We're just, I don't know. I'm seeing a lineup. But I'm not thinking to myself, that's the one we're going to go and beat him, and we're going to play the way that we should be playing at home. That's the most frustrating thing so far, and the problems that we that Peterborough caused us. 
were very much problems I, I feel we, we, we laid on a plate for them to take advantage of. Yeah, yeah, and I'll bring you in. Um, Hoggy said some poignant things there, I mean, in terms of sort of the midfield, when we thought we were building something over the last six or seven games where we start to grow, we start to build a foundation, Rhodes is finding his form, you know, Lavery gets a goal against Chelton, and then we get some different scorers like Kenny um, as well. Um but this one fell like two or three steps back and not 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 even a 50-50 game which we just lost out on it kind of felt like we 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 digressed a little bit um or sorry regressed um a little bit after this game although the fight back showed a little bit of hope for us going into Wednesday yeah when i saw the team i looked at it and i thought we had three goal scorers against Cheltenham and only one of them started i thought it was calling out for Dembélé he came on, and I know it was obviously the circumstance with the red card. He's, he's, he's come on, and he has changed the game. Us going to four at the back, the defence looked confident with the ball. Um, the midfield looked more confident. I, I think the way that Critch plays with three at the back and one holding midfielder, when we get the ball, doesn't the options aren't there. I'd like to see probably two next to each other, whether it be Norban and Dougal. I know Norban's not, not there at the minute, but we we just we just look lost. That, that's the the biggest thing. And when we went to four, and I know we only had Rhodes up front, but he's two men on his own. We, we looked in the game. Everyone looked comfortable. And I think is it time for Critch to hang up his pride and just say, let's go four at the back, four four two. CJ will be more comfortable. Dembele down the right looked fantastic. Dougal and I'd probably say Morgan in the middle. And I, th- I think that gives everyone the confidence and the players know what they're doing. He's not working with world-class players. And I think he's trying to play a system that our players can't play. And I think that's why we've looked so lacklustre and so hit and miss this season because the players just can't play that system. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that would... I think that was in the first few games. Sorry, when we drew nil nil, we lost. We lost or drew those games because of the midfielders. You know, remember late in Orient when Marv, I think, played in that playing like twelve long balls, finding one player because he just had no options. And Hoggy, you said, didn't you? Like Norburn came short, which left the midfield exposed because because Morgan and the other central midfielders were actually playing supporting the wing backs. And we spoke about wing backs being a difficult job. However, um, that centre CDM holding midfielder role um, is probably as hard because when we go to 3 5 2 and we play the likes of Kerry and Tasha Nokliepouf with Dougal, he has to do the work of three men because they, they can't do the job um, you know, really well. And when Norburn's played with Dougal, we've looked you know, a top six outfit, very clinical, very well structured. And that just shows you the difference the signing makes. And if we're going to battle like this until October and still be within, sorry, January, until still still be within the playoff shell, we need to go all out and find that Theo and Moxon. We need to go out and find someone that's going to make a Cameron Brannigan as an example, all the difference to our team and give us a structure. Because without that structure, we, we are going to be a mid table side. And I'm happy to predict that. So we'll move on to talk a little bit about the game, um, Hoggy. Um, and posh for everything that we probably weren't expecting in terms of being disorganised. They, I was going to just talk about posh as a whole, uh, as sorry, as specifically um, with their lineup, etc. But I'll talk to them about the whole because um, they exposed the midfield really well. They played the ball out wide exceptionally well, and their first goal came from, as you say, four or five passes. 
and the mistake from Dom Thompson in the end where he's he's I don't know what he's trying to do, but come out just that little to bit too early and he's misread the cross, hasn't he? Which has enabled them just to, to slot it in for quite an easy goal. Yeah, that, I look back at Posh and watch the highlights again. I just thought it'd be nice to see us play with that. Jan was talking about before, we can pass the ball sideways and backwards happily, but Posh played with an intent and a purpose. They wanted to get out as they turned that ball, they faced our back three and they drove forward and they were not afraid to lose it. And that's what we simply haven't done anywhere near enough this season. And again, going back to the lineup, when we saw when I, when I saw that lineup on Saturday, I knew for a fact that we weren't going to do that with that midfield trio at all, at no point, and that's the way it transpired. Um, Dom Thompson again, yeah, yeah, he's got under the ball. It's it's a mistake, and he'll be the first to hold his hands up and, and, and say he's done that. But we brought him into the club as a left back, and again, we're trying to make him. It feels to me like we're trying to make him into something that he's not. Um, you know, in terms of a, a left wing back, I don't think he offers that much going forward. Defensively, I think he's quite strong, and he proved it in the second half again. He was he was quite solid. Um, but when you're playing wing back and you've got to get up and down 80, 90 yards repeatedly, there's a chance you're going to make a mistake because you're going to be absolutely goosed by the time you get there. Um, but again, the more annoying thing was if you've got them three in the middle as we do, which is quite safe in my opinion, and to protect your back three. There's absolutely no way Peter should be able to play that ball from front to back on the floor as easy as they did against us um, and, and take the lead. But that went on throughout the whole first half. We didn't lay a glove on him. It was, it was utterly embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. And we after the goal, we conceded conceded a penalty a few few moments after. Um, did you think it was a penalty? I thought it was quite clear cut, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're up at the um, up by the scoreboard and it, it looked pretty clear cut. Um, I always had confidence, though, that Grimmie was going to save it. I just, I don't know, he looked confident and, yeah. But he de- definitely was a pen. Yeah, good good, good save nonetheless and obviously kept us in the game, so to speak. But Hoggy, we moved on. Um, I think what first half I was going to say, um, you said we didn't really lay a glove on them. We had, we had two shots, none on target. Um, they had four and obviously one being the penalty. Um, obviously should have been 2-0, but obviously went into half-time with the lead and it was straight after the first half we we, we make the mistake at the back and they're in behind and, and Casey has to kind of make the tackle there is someone behind him do you do you agree it was a red card? Yeah absolutely absolutely um, I think he'll be annoyed with himself because he does the hard part in terms of getting his body back in front of their striker and then he he, I think he tries to control it with his head sort of and, and kind of loses his momentum with the ball and their striker's nipped in um, Grimmy's positioning as well has kind of made it a last man chance so he yeah as, as poor as all the officials were by the way on Saturday once again um, it was the correct decision um, but going back to the first half the pa- it was more the passages of play they were you know they've scored the first goal it was the same with when they won the penalty it was the same passages of play that they were just having so much ease to play through us and again I, I can't believe Critchley didn't make a substitution at half time I, I, I genuinely believe he, if that red card hadn't have happened, then OK, you can say Oxford game, we didn't really lay a glove on them in second half. He's kept it the same. We've come out and turned it round. He might have been hoping for that again. But to, to not make a substitution at half-time um, was staggering, in my it opinion. He was crying out for flair, wasn't it? He was crying oh, out for someone like Dembele or Lavery to come on and just run at them. Absolutely. And we, 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 we did a few times... The first chance of Kwasi in the first half, I think, came from CJ actually getting close enough to their left back and nicking the ball off him. But we just didn't do it anywhere near often enough for what we should be doing as a team who should be taking the game to the opposition coming to our home ground. Um, so to, to, to effectively rely on the red card to force a substitution was, was quite frightening for me. Um, 
And yeah, it was going back to the to the original point of was it a red card? Yeah, absolutely, no no complaints. And it's it's a shame because he's had an absolutely great season. Um, but it, but again, the pastures of play. Watch where the the goal comes from down the right hand side because as a midfield three between Oakley, Booth and Kerry, we don't know who's going out wide to close down the simple ball down the line. And we've been struggling with it all first half. So it took them 60 seconds to exploit it again. We're down to 10 men and then we're 2-0 down because the free kick's in the back of the net. Yeah, and you said you were quite confident that Crimshaw would save the penalty. Do you think he should do better with the free kick? Uh, I've not watched it back. I refuse to watch it back, but it um, it looked quite... Uh, yeah, it, lo- it looked like he was... He should have saved it. He, I love Grimmy, but I think a couple of times in the game, he he just didn't look as confident as he normally did. He did for the penalty, but even coming out um, from corners, he, he just didn't look his usual self. He, he did look like he'd put, uh, got a bit of a knock saving the penalty. He was down for a little bit. So whether he was a bit hurt, but yeah, he didn't seem as confident as normal. Can, can I just jump in as well in terms of the free kick? If you watch it, I know you don't watched it back yet, Jan. Um, Carey gets out muscled by, I think it's their centre half, and Carey is there to block off that uh, goalkeeper's side post, if you will. I'm, as a keeper myself, a very poor Sunday League one, might I add, um, any free kick that goes in where the goalkeeper's side is, you're always asking questions. If Carey doesn't get um, muscled in the very loose terms, might I add, out the way, the ball just smashed him straight in the shins and doesn't go in. The minute he's out of the way, there's a huge gap appears at that post and Grimmy's got no chance from, from 19 yards. To be fair, though, I think my seven-year-old daughter could out-muscle Gary. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the strongest. We, we are going to um, come on to talk about Gary in a minute. I was going to go run for a few of the midfielders' stats, but I think there's really no need after the performance on Saturday and it, and it took for the third goal for us to show fight and endeavour into the game obviously we made the substitutions around the 50 minute mark wasn't it um, yeah. changed the game fairly well but they're hard to say their, their third goal despite the ridiculous celebrations from Jones was, was so fluid and quick through that middle hot knife through butter comes to mind and We've already said it once, said it twice, but that sort of football, um, which is what I sort of said to to, to, to the Peterborough fan, is what they've been playing all season. Just not find that clinical clinicalness. We made it so easy for them, but at the same time, they've got so much flair and ability in that team that we've we're kind of like white paint, and they're like fluorescent colours, aren't they? Like we were just standing still while they painted around us and and made magical shapes and colours and beautiful pictures and before we know it it was 3-0 and kind of you, you would argue game over at that point although although we probably should have potentially come back which we'll come on to in a second Yeah absolutely the, the third goal was and like I say it, it comes from that intent and that purpose they were happy to turn around knock balls through and drive at us they didn't care if they gave it away they weren't playing safe passing football they were happy they wanted goals um, I think it's actually husband who he's a little bit slow to react in and around the halfway line and he kind of starts dropping off five yards too slow and there's a there's a gap between him and Marv Marv plays the, guard, the lad on who eventually scores um, and like I said, we'd made this up literally I think it was four or five minutes earlier so maybe there's a little bit of rustiness there from Marv not going and closing him down because Marvin has to go and close the guy down on the edge of the box he can't travel 30 yards um, without being unchallenged and ironically Marvin did five minutes later then put in a great sliding tackle so um, Marv grew into it but yeah Hubby's caught out 
a little bit slower on the halfway line. You hear line. Hubby as well. I don't know if you watched it back, but you hear Hubby scream because he loses the ball. He like kind of rebounds off. He goes, ah! And he knows they're in. And yeah, he just, it's, it's an lovely easy finish, for, in my opinion, for them. And it's 3-0. But we we did fight back, Jan. And um, obviously that man again, um, Kenny Dougal, put a bit of fight back into the team and showed what he was doing from the centre mid, um, poking home a header. Um, built up a little bit of momentum. We we built for the second goal as well, not 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 too long after, and actually in the second half, um, I think we had yeah we had ten shots, five on target. Obviously, two of them going in the back of the net, um, and we we if he argues obviously with that, with, regardless of the ten men on the pitch, with the likes of Dembele um, um, on the pitch, we we showed that we've we've got that flair and, and the ability to go at teams and score goals. Yeah, definitely. And and if I remember rightly, their keeper made two fantastic saves yeah. from Carey, um, which they looked like they were flying in the back of the net. So it, it, the change of system definitely looked like it suited people. It suited Dougal, it suited Carey, it suited Dembele. I, I thought we looked a lot, lot better. With Dougal, I, I think Dougal the last couple of seasons have been hung out to dry a bit. He's not had a midfield partner for, for a whole season, he looked fantastic when he had Wintel next to him. And I think he's learnt and learning from Norburn, training with someone who's got that quality. And Kenny Dougal, the last two games, has been absolutely fantastic. And I hope it carries on because I think he's a he's a Blackpool legend in his own right. And I, I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to see him continue that form. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the change in formation, I keep saying it, but that's, I think, what we need to go with. And I think we'll hurt teams playing the 4-4-2. Marv looked more comfortable. We just looked better. And Pennington down the right was like a prime. With the Roberto Carlos, he was unbelievable. Um, yeah. Yeah. What, I was just... oh, go on. No, I was just going to say, Hoggy, I, I agree. I think we sh- we've said it a long time. I don't want to rinse and repeat um, on the podcast, but we've said play that four four two, and then we'll trust Marv a hundred times more than we do in that back three. And it kind of made Kerry come to light as well because he wanted to talk about his second half performance. But he had three shots all on target. Um, he beat his man a couple of times. He was very poor with his long long distance passing, but that came from like, a, a disrupted first half. But actually, in all credit to him, defensively in that second half, he, he had a, a lot of ball recoveries. He, he totaled eight more than any other midfielder in the team. Um, obviously got his goal, which which he desperately needed um, and, and, and a tidy finish may, may add four minutes after Dougal's goal he, he could have skied it could have hit the bar like he did against Derby um, could have completely missed the target but he controlled the shot really well and there was still 26-27 minutes plus injury time to play and, and in all fairness to Blackpool when the, and the change of shape like Lady Anne's already said he was at the forefront of, of, of driving the attack um, with Dougal doing the, doing the dirty work and with half an hour to go, you actually think we're going to nick a draw out of this? In all fairness, yeah, absolutely. I I, I agree fully with what what Jan said in terms of, and the, the players deserve a lot of credit for that last half an hour. Peterborough only killed it off when we when we tried to gamble and we went three three three, um, and we we were knackered. We were absolutely knackered. You could see it. Hubby could barely walk off the pitch at the end of the game, um, along with Carey and Dougal in the middle. Um, the lads deserve a lot of credit for getting back into that and, and they can probably count themselves unlucky in the second half performance not not to come away with a point. Um, but again, going back to what Yang was saying, players just looked comfortable. Pennington, the prime example, horrendous first half and okay, it can happen and it's not happened that much from him individually. 
second half. It was like watching Seamus Cole when he came back on loan for he was on loan for us. Up and down the wing, causing havoc in the final third, putting in crosses, chipping little through balls through for strikers. Same with Thompson as well. Looked much more comfortable, him and CJ down the left-hand side. Um, and Dale when he came on as well. As for the two in the middle, I, I genuinely think it raises big questions for Neil Cripps. Neil Cripps has to look at that second-half performance because Carey looked so comfortable and assured in the centre of midfield. Yeah. running on into that final third, hitting shots from the edge of the box. His reading of the game was so much better. Yet, as we've seen time and time again, you put him 10, 15 yards further forward and he couldn't look any more lost. He looks like he's stood on a different pitch. So, is, it, is, 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 bear in mind, he comes from, what, Kings Lynn, wasn't it? Um, and he showed in the Championship when he played 4-4-2 a lot what a talent he is. I remember talking to Sean McGinley about it. You know, we had like a little Sunny Ferry fan club in terms of, that the things he was doing on the pitch for someone that came from a non-league team to, to to start in the championship, I actually thought, and we said it so many times on this podcast, that we've got midfielder there that's going to be absolutely batter in League One, and it couldn't be you know so far from the truth. But you see from different players, I'm sure Nappers will agree, watching football um, at League One and uh, you know in different leagues over the years, when when you've got a system right the 4-3-3 under Holloway, every single player looks like the best they can be. Um, and we've said it so many times, this is where Critchley overthinks a bit. And he does need to just drop his balls a little bit and just say, look, really sorry, guys, I've got this wrong half of the season or three quarters of the season. We're going to play 4-4-2 and we're going to be one of the hardest teams to beat in the league. Um, and we're going to be um, one of the most attacking sides in the league because we could have, like Jan said, two two really good saves. I think we hit the bar, which should have been a penalty, by the way, Lavery's header after yeah, yeah. After the goal, should have been a penalty. Two hands on him, flies down, should have been a pen. Um, and why not maybe play Rhodes and Lavery? Because we'll play with energy, we'll play with enthusiasm, we'll play with flair, and we'll play with creativity, and we'll play with structure with Pennington, um, you know, with, with Marvs, who's one of the best defenders in the league in a four, um, and he's hung up to dry like Kerry is in a three um, when he, we play 3 5 2. So, Ben, did you want to come in? I don't know if you did want yeah, to come in. Yeah, yeah, if, that, if that's all right. Obviously, under Christian first time, he did switch to 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 a lot of the time. And, you know, like you answered before, you've got... I, I've said all season, I've got good friends, you know, who are Blackpool fans. And, you know, I, I'm not going to lie, I did follow Blackpool when I when I was younger. That's, that always gets mentioned over, over Twitter. And obviously, there's a comment yesterday. I, I'm not denying that. But, you know, I found my love eventually with Fleetwood, but watching, you know, Blackpool from an outsider point of view, when Blackpool did go on that run, Medin Yates, and he had two good wingers, he had Embleton, midfield could play a number of different of positions. Yeah, the 10 and, and then the wing. And... Exactly. And you could play 4-2-3-1, you could play, but when you had 4-4-2, and I look at Jerry Yates and Gary Medin, who, who you know, were so, you know, good for you, Medin, you know, holding up the ball like Rose can do. You need to get Kyle Joseph fit because obviously, it's a mystery where obviously where he's gone, you know, made of made of glass so far for you boys. So it is going to be interesting if you can get him back a bit. But if you go four four two, that switch like you did mid season last time when Coldwood came in, would I think could be the difference. For me, we we've got two of the best fullbacks in the league, I think, in Lyons and Gabriel. And it worries me if we play five at the back, are they going to fit in? Lions doesn't look like he's... The Lions already doesn't look like he does fit in and, and in this formation, does he? So No, and I think Gabriel is one of the... He's probably one of the most talented footballers in, in this league. And neither of them will fit in in this formation. And it would be a shame to watch two talents leave the club or or just sit, sit in the, the stands when 
if we played four four two with them two bombing up and down, I just think it it fits and it fits what we've got. Right. We're going to wrap up. We, I wanted to talk loads about the Peterborough game, but um, I don't think we need to talk too much about the first half. Um, and we need to say well done for the, set, the last half an hour. Like I've alluded to, the subs changed the game, so every credit to Critchley, but should have seen it earlier. Um, we showed the creativity and the fearlessness we've got, although it took three poor goals to concede to, to, to kick it in. And this is where Ben said, our ground, our rules, and we should be taking these teams by the neck and saying we're Blackpool we want to finish top but we've shown far too much respect which we shouldn't be doing on Wednesday night Hoggy would you start the game um, as we've kind of um, built up to with a 4 the 4-4-2 doesn't really matter who plays up front for me um, with Rhodes I think we'll do a good enough job if we play that 4 but just talk me through any changes you'd make or or, or the lineup you'd like to see I probably would especially if we're playing Marv um, like I joked before, saying Rich O'Donnell is going to probably come on at left wing back, and in Critch probably is eyeing that up as an option. I think I really think Critch will stick with three five two. I think he's going to go for it all season, and he'll live and die by that decision. Um, if we went four four two and got promoted, like Napa said, like we did last time he was here, nobody will care because we'll be in the championship, and then we can look to start playing three five two against the more expansive footballing teams. But four four two for me is what I would do on uh, Wednesday night. I think what Critch will do, though, I think he'll go 3-5-2. I think he'll bring Conley back in uh, alongside Pennington, the husband. I think that's what he'll see as quite solid. Um, I think Kerry's earned another start in the middle, but alongside Dougal, um, if we're thinking that Norburn's not going to be anywhere near it. Um, CJ would be out wide on one wing for me uh, and Dale on the other. Um, and you've got Dembele, who has to go in the hole if you're playing 5 Simply has to. It's not even up for debate anymore. And then up top, um, I think Lavery and Rhodes will be our starting two. Jan, um, any changes from that that you'd make? No, I, I agree there. I think that's what Critch will go with, but we never know. Um, I think Morgan could do quite a good job next to Dougal, but I do think Carey has earned from that second half performances start. And I hope Oakley Booth is nowhere near the the travelling the travelling squad um, as I don't see what he offers. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up, but I think we're missing one really one player that we have yet to really see have a run of games, and that's Jensen Weir, the the, the, the player Nappers. I'm sure you agree that Great. tore up trees at Morecambe um, is technically excellent um, and probably would do a job next to Dougal. Um, if he doesn't, you know, want to go with Sonny Carey or Tashan Oakley Booth, um, for some reason, I don't know if it's injury, I don't know if it's fitness, I don't know if it's attitude, which I don't don't think it will be. Um, I'm left frustrated with not seeing him. People can judge him all they want, but he's only had a the odd 45 minutes in the team, and it's it rattles me a little bit because when we signed him, I actually thought he was going to start every single game. So um, maybe it'll be time for Weir like he did with Tash and Oakley Booth but the fact we're having this argument week in week out that who's going to be partner and Dougal when Norburn's not fit just probably is going to be the the, 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 um, the point of our season unless we sign well in January so we will see on Wednesday um, won't we uh, Nappers thank you um, so much for giving up your afternoon to, to, to come on the preview show um, a bit of an unusual time for the It's an Orange podcast to do but it was quite nice to see sunlight when we're doing a podcast but thanks for uh for, for coming on and giving your insight on Fleetwood. Not a problem, mate, and thank you. It's been it's been nice to talk about the game and uh, biggest derby, you know, in world football. 
Yeah, in Fleetwood land, yeah. I can't wait for another video tomorrow morning building up your fans for the World Cup final, but uh, we, we will... Uh, I've, had, I've had enough of those videos over my social media uh, feed to last a lifetime. Yeah, um, well, um, Hoggy, um, as usual, mate, you're making a consistent stance on the panel, mate. It's nice to have you here. Um, replacing Martin, who's had a, had a few problems recently, but thank you again, mate. Thank you for giving up your afternoon for coming on. Pleasure, and I promise we'll be back on track uh, tomorrow. Three points. Please. Shush, he's the biggest people. <laughs> playing, playing a pub team, we can't not beat them. Um, Jan, debut, and it was an excellent one, mate. Thank you very much for finally coming on the podcast, and we will welcome you back anytime, buddy. Thank you very much for having me. It's been thoroughly enjoyable. No worries at all. From all of us at the It's Not Orange podcast, we'll be back later on um, this week to review hopefully three points on the road at Highbury. Um, and we may do a Bromley preview. If not, we'll look back um, at both games on the next podcast. But from all of us, have a good evening. 